Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for Thunder and Lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman. Okay. That. Woo! There we go. Fourth fourth time's the charm? I don't know. Uh, thanks for tuning in here to Thunder and Lightning at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. Appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. We want to thank our sponsors at Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Of course, we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about them when we get to that. You know what's happening there. Uh, College Corner. Hey, man, the holidays are basically upon us at this point. It's time to start thinking about what you want to get the family for Christmas, and that means one thing, Mississippi State merchandise. You know you want to represent the maroon and white wherever you go. So polos, T-shirts, baseball caps, stuff for the car, stuff for the house, whatever it is you're looking for that's maroon and white, College Corner has you taken care of. If you're in the Jackson area, they've got two locations to serve you. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell. Or you can shop online, and they'll ship anywhere at College Corner Store. Dot com. Advantage Business Systems, right now, again, it is the holidays. This is not the time to be losing money. And this might be the time that you're thinking, okay, let's start 2021 on a fresh note. Let's upgrade our technology here in the office, and let's be really to really pack in the profits in 2021. Well, Advantage Business Systems can help you do exactly that. You should give them a call today and see how they can put, I'm going to go ahead and say it, 46 years of experience to your benefit. Call them today at 844 844- 833-6245 or visit them online at absms.com to find out how Advantage Business Systems Advantage Business Systems can help your business do business. Y'all don't know how close you were to Gortaz Iran today at the beginning of this show. Oh, I think they know. They Ooh, know, they know how close they were. It was so close. I, I had it downloaded ready to go, but it is it is. If we, you had to watch any of the last 5 Mississippi State games on loop mm-hmm. for however long. Yeah, long time. Yeah, which of the? F- I guess it's this one because you want it, but yeah, man, five just tough to watch yeah. games in yeah. a row. And that's sort of what we've been discussing on the show and on other shows is that if you're going to lose, you need to be entertaining. And Mississippi State is not entertaining in any way, shape, or form. But they did get the win on Saturday, 24-17 over Vanderbilt team that uh, was decimated by injury and by COVID, only came with 58 players, only five above. I mean, if they had been missing five more guys, the game doesn't happen, basically. Um, And then they lost two guys during the game. So at one point, they had 56 players on the sidelines uh, total. A game that started out with Mississippi State with a little promise. They got off to a quick 14-0 lead, and then the offense ground to an absolute halt yet again, just cracking 200 yards. Will Will Rogers, you know, patient with the ball, didn't turn it over. Uh, Had some opportunities to turn it over, but did not do it. Um, But only the one touchdown pass. State still non-existent in the running game. Defensively, they gave up a ton of yards to a pretty hapless Vanderbilt team. But that's all you can really do when your offense isn't giving you anything. I think they had six straight three and outs at one point uh, in the second half. 
After they went up 14-0, they didn't score another touchdown until two minutes to go in the game. Um, But the defense did come through with five huge turnovers. It was Mississippi State that was forcing turnovers in this game, and that's the difference, and that's why State was able to at least walk off the field a winner on Saturday against Vanderbilt. Joel T., I mean, I just got to know, after that display of football, what is causing all that? I guess I'm just going to build on what I said. I guess it was last week, about a week or so ago, uh, when, when we did this. I said, you better hope that the reason Mississippi State can't move the football is that it's a personnel problem. Uh, you better hope it's because Mississippi State's running out a bunch of first-year players, Will Rogers, Jaquavius Marks, um, Jaden Wall, fill in the blank. I mean, they're, they are – all across the board, young. Um, you better hope that, and I'll add to it this week, and you better hope that it does just take some time for Mike Leach to implement his system. Uh, you've kind of seen that in his other stops. I don't think he's ever struggled to this degree. So that is obviously of humongous concern. He's never struggled this much before. But he has struggled early on before. It is very much... Something we all probably undervalued and underrated the fact that yeah they were gonna there's gonna be some growing pains. You and I were just as guilty as anybody saying the offense is fine, because uh, it's always fine. But in Mike Leach's early part, you know, like first years of his other tenures, that there's been some speed bumps. This isn't really a speed bump. This is more like a I don't know. The road has just they been, run off the road. Yeah, totally. Um, but you better hope it's a combination, again, going back to last week, of personnel just isn't good enough yet, and it takes Mike Leach a year or two to get the scheme up and running. I mean, you just got to hope. I think I said something back when Joe Moorhead was, you know, last year, in the, all that you had left as a Mississippi State fan at that point, because there was no tangible evidence that things were getting better. I said all you had was hope. Mm-hmm. Look, when you run out there and against the 97th ranked defense in the country in terms of total defense, 97, isn't that many teams behind 97? No. When you go out there against the 97th ranked defense in the country and you only put up 204 yards of offense, there is no two ways around it. You are a bad, bad, one might even... There's another word that I can't quite... Can I get some help here? I'm trying to think. I mean, can you think Something of a word worse that's worse bad? than bad? Awful. I think terrible. it's even stronger than that. Maybe even stronger than that. Putrid. <laughs> it really is. Against the 97... 204 yards of offense. This Vanderbilt team is historically bad. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about that. Historically bad. And you couldn't do anything. There was a one point in the second half where State and Vandy were tied in total yardage, 196-196. Vandy finished with nearly 500 yards. State finished 204. So over the last, I don't know how many minutes of game, but Vandy outgained State nearly 300 yards to eight. 300 to eight. Vandy. This is a awful Mississippi State football team right now. And it's 
solely really on the offensive side. Yeah. I mean, it, the, the offense is so bad that it just – no matter how good the defense is, it's still just a bad football team. Yeah. Um, and you better, to bring it back full circle, just hope that it's because of personnel and it does take Mike Leach a year or two to get things up and running. You better hope. You better pray. You're not really seeing any tangible evidence of it uh, that this thing's getting any better. So you just better hope. Well said. And that's all you got at this point. You certainly don't have any results. So. None. That, and that's the thing, man. There is there is no evidence of improvement. Yeah. Other than, I mean, I guess you can say Will didn't turn the ball over like you did, but like you said. But I feel like the offensive line took a step back. And some of that is, is, is the players who were missing. Some were missing. You know, we, we, I get didn't, that. we didn't get any confirmation if it was COVID or not. But and they're not Cross going to with Mississippi didn't State. Didn't play. Dollar Bill didn't play. Uh, State only dressed eight offensive linemen total. Um, so just you know, I understand there were some some issues with that. But again, it goes back to the, the the original thing we've been talking about for five weeks, six weeks now. And that's five have got to block three, and you had some problems doing that. And five couldn't block four. I mean, Vandy brought some pressure, and by pressure I mean they brought four. And they still state still had trouble blocking that. So, a lot of problems, a lot of problems for Mississippi State. Well, let's get into them right now. Let's thanks to our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef who want to remind you, you know, this holiday season, the turkey is great, but man, how about a, a showstopper? How about a whole beef tenderloin or a whole ribeye on your Thanksgiving or Christmas Day table? They can set you up with that. All you've got to do is swing by or give them a call. And they can hook you up. And, of course, you're just looking to cook something small, cooking dinner this week or this weekend. Steaks, roasts, burgers, all the cuts off the cow. They've got them there at Welcome Home Beef. And, of course, you can just make it easy on yourself and eat from the food truck. One of the best food trucks in the city of Starville, in the state of Mississippi, I would say. And, of course, that means the Thunder and Lightning Burger should be available to you. So how can you go wrong with Welcome Home Beef? Short answer, you cannot. Call them today at 662 Two six eight eight one four eight, or visit them online at welcomehomebeef.com and know one thing's for sure, whether they're cooking it or you're cooking it. It just tastes good. I got 12 things that are true. <sighs> and only In reality, this should be 11, but number 12 was requested, so we'll go with that and we'll get it out of the way first. I thought the uniforms were sharp. They were. I'm not a big fan of the white helmets, as you guys know, and I'm not surprised State played poorly in white helmets because that's how life goes. But those the flying M stuff was sharp. I, I I liked all the little details. I don't know if you noticed on the scoreboard where it's normally would say the M State logo. They yeah, had the had flying the, M. There. Yeah, I noticed. I thought that. that was cool. The flying M at midfield looked really good. Yep, I, I agree, hundred percent. Like I told you, the only qualm at all I, I would have with it is just that from our view in the press box, it looked like the Croom years uniform a little it did. bit. Um, well, but I, that might have been skewed by the offense. That, that too. Uh, but I mean, that's just because. I mean, when you have that color combination every now and then, it's just going to kind of look similar. Uh, but I agree with you. Sharp uniforms. One of the – I'm trying to think. What's my favorite Mississippi State throwback? They hadn't really worn, I guess, throwbacks. Throwbacks though. don't happen very often, yeah, for Mississippi State. I, I, I don't remember. Yeah, they wore that, that crazy they, one in the 2003 Egg Bowl. They were just sort of out of nowhere. Look like Alabama's helmet with a white, but it was white. Yeah, and State doesn't have really a good throwback because they're not going to go back to that MSJ logo. Yeah, so yeah, this is about as close as you can get. I thought they looked good though. Yep. Let's get into it. Number uh, two. Look, I know, I know that he did it to himself. All right, I know that it, there was no choice in the matter that Kylan Hill had to go. But if you didn't feel a little tinge of regret that Kylan Hill wasn't the one putting the new state flag out there on the field. 
I don't know what to tell you. It should have been Kylan Hill. And that was a very cool moment. A lot of chills. Really great to see. But I couldn't help but think, man, should have been Kylan Hill. He tweeted. Did you see it? Did he tweet? What did he say? Nice flag. <laughs> Kylan Hill he, is one of the most... He may have deleted it. I don't know. But he, he did. Kylan Hill will go down as one of the most polarizing, interesting, talented players Mississippi State has ever had. A 30 for 30 on him would be yeah. very... Be something worthwhile. Yeah, and like you said, I mean, if kind of seems like the rumblings behind. I mean, is that no kind of brought? Yeah, some, some brought some of it on set. But I, all I have to go on with Kylan Hill is my dealings with him all throughout his career, um, and he's always been really good to me. A guy that you know, personally, I I see his mom quite frequently. <laughs> uh, just. I don't know. They've always been really good folks to me. So yeah. I hate the way it turned I out. And too. you're right. For me, I know a lot of people listening have no interaction with Kyle Hill other than what they see on Twitter right. and, and what they see on game days and stuff like that. But to, I guess, know him a and little some bit. some of them were probably angry and just, you know, they're yeah. like, no, I don't care about Kyle. But I'm just telling you. I, I, cer- I certainly thought about it and yeah. thought, man, it would have been. You couldn't help but think of it. It would have been pretty nice if, yeah. if he could have had that yeah, moment. And not, again, not that the flag changed because of him. Right. Uh, but he was he central. A role. He was central, especially during that week that it got changed. Um, perception, as we so often talk about, um, kind of will forever associate him with that. And so it would have been a really neat moment. Yeah. That's it. If it couldn't be him, State, picked, Jones a, was a, state good picked a pretty good guy to I agree with that. send out there with it. All right. Let's get into the football now. Uh, number three, let us not kid ourselves. This is the worst Vanderbilt team in a long, long time. In a, a, a history of terrible Vanderbilt teams, this is near the very top. It is. And on top of the problem that you know they don't have a lot of talent to begin with, they were missing basically 30 players, and they still only lost by seven and had a chance to win in the fourth quarter. So don't try to take anything away from you know anything here. This was not a good Vanderbilt team at all, and Mississippi State struggled basically the entire day to move the football on them. Yeah, uh, I got called out a little bit on 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 the Twitter yesterday because I, I said it was an ugly win, and somebody called you out for that. Well, I, I basically was told that uh, you know how come it couldn't have just been said like it was a much needed win for state. Well, I mean, I agree, uh, it was a much needed win for state. But if you watched that and and thought anything other than ugh, I don't I I, I don't know what to tell you. Uh, because you won the football game, but nothing that happened on Saturday should give you any optimism for what's to come in the next four weeks. Uh, yeah, maybe State pulls a rabbit out of the hat and things just, guys grow up a little bit day by day, and maybe they pull out a win or two over the last four, but if they play like they did this past Saturday... State's not winning again until at least twenty twenty one. No, I don't know that I don't know that they will play like they did Saturday going forward. But yeah, they won Saturday. Yeah, it was much needed. But what if that team shows up the next four weeks, State ain't winning again. No, I agree. I agree. I just saw who argued with you, so yeah, don't worry about that. Uh number four. One thing this season should do is end any kind of talk of, I really wish we'd play nine conference games, or we need to toughen up the out-of-conference game. No! 
you need at least three games that you know when you walk in the stadium you're going to win. I've been trying to hammer that point home for years, and too many people, oh, much rather see us play a competitive game against a Power 5 team, even if we lose, than see us just beat somebody. Really? Do you still feel that way today, sir? Because if you do, well, you're just wrong. <laughs> you want to play games you can win. Period. This, that, that talk is over. There's not, and everybody at the start of this, this is going to be so much fun, I bet they might try to go to it full-time. Ah, there are, what, nine teams with two or less wins right now? No SEC athletic director is signing up for that kind of death march. Absolutely not. This will be the last year, of, and good riddance to it. I look forward to the, to the FCS team, the, group, the two group of five teams, and the Midland Power Five team that State's going to play next year. That said, Brian, given what I've seen this year, if State played a normal schedule, they're only like four and eight. This year, well, they probably would have lost to NC State. They look pretty good. Yes, but they would have beaten uh, Tulane, uh, New Mexico, and Alabama A&M. There's three. LSU, I don't know. It's such an interesting thing, right? Yeah, I don't know either. So, I don't know. But maybe they may have been three and nine. They might have been, but they might have also gone six and six. You know, I don't know. Given what you've seen, you think it could have been six and six? Well, I mean, the, I don't know. I mean, they're a turnover away against Arkansas from winning that game. So maybe you know it's just it plays win that. I don't okay. know. Yeah, but I do know that you need to play games you know you can win. Part of being a Power Five team is knowing, hey, we've got some games on the schedule that we can just show up, and if everything, unless something stupid happens, we're going to win the game. Well, I think that the probably the concerning thing about this year is, and I, again, I don't know how much you can take from this year with no spring and a new coach and a new system, and you're relying on a bunch of. Youngsters, I, I really don't know how much you can take take out of this year. But what's got to concern you? I mean, a, after seeing what you just saw on Saturday, what you've seen the last four or five weeks, is, I mean, for the last, what, decade or so, you showed up at the stadium most weeks, regardless of who the opponent was. It may be very unlikely, but you at least felt like there was that smidgen of hope. Mm-hmm. This team is if they're not already there, on the precipice of being back at that point we were at in the mid-2000s where yeah, we're about that. You, just get, you just drove to the stadium knowing it was an L. Yeah. I mean, it's at that point. That's how bad the offense is. You know, I said last week State had three straight games of less than 300 yards for the first time since 2008. I, they've now had four. Uh, of less than 300 yards. And the last three games have been less than 217. And I'm going to have to go back, but I went back through. I don't know. I don't know if Kroom had four in a row of under 300. We have to go look. It's a good question. It's probably, it's, he probably did, but I, I don't know what off the top of my head. If he did, it was probably, it was 2006 or before. Yeah. I think so. Yeah. Well, but we'll, we'll, that's something worth looking into. Uh, number five, everybody should be rich this morning because that under was easy money. Yep. Completely. I hope you all bet it. Hope all of you won a few hundred thousand dollars and at least got that enjoyment on Saturday because, man, there was, I mean, it was it dropped down to 44. It was 48 when they opened. I mean, that was never happening. Never happening. I went three and one on my sports talk picks. Or I'm sorry. My daughter, Your daughter Emily, did. Who, Mississippi State was the only one she lost. She let her fandom blind her. Should have picked Vandy, taking taking the, the points there, but yeah, the under was just such easy money. It's incredible, and I mean, it took 
a touchdown with two minutes to go, to and, and a field and a field goal. By the way, shout out to Derek Mason. That's really smart coaching. Forty three seconds left. Let's kick the field goal and save the time to try to get the touchdown. Yep. Let's not get down to ten seconds before we're scoring the touchdown, and then we got to try to get the onside kick. And, and that's smart. Coaching. I've always thought that was the route to take in that situation. Few teams do that though. Good stuff from from Derek Mason. Uh, number six. I, I stole this one from a friend. And oh, by the way, had they not doinked the field goal earlier, they could have been driving to. If they had there. not thrown an interception, interception in the end zone. That's right. There's a lot of ifs. Y- yesterday's game was the what it, were what ifs for Vanderbilt. Normally, it's been what ifs for State. You know, what if you don't turn the ball over here, there, there. Yesterday was what if for Vanderbilt. Yeah. Uh, number uh, number six again, stolen from a friend. Uh, you know how they, they talked all all offseason about that. They track 50-50 balls in practice. Mm-hmm. Stop. Stop tracking those. You don't throw 50-50 balls. There are no 50-50 balls being thrown in this offense anymore, unless you consider a three-yard dump off a 50-50 ball. There is no 50-50 ball. There is no, you know what, we need to try something here. Let's toss, toss it up deep and see if we can't make a play. We don't. They don't even have the confidence to do that against Vanderbilt's secondary. And they don't have the ability to do it against Vanderbilt's defensive line. No, the, the so will, stop tracking them. <laughs> the, the little Will Fader out to Osiris in the corner was nice. That was a good throw, you know. But that's not a fifty-fifty. Yeah, that's not really a fifty-fifty ball. But fifty-fifty ball is. I know he's covered, but I'm going to let my receiver make a play. Yeah. Down the field, State threw what one pass down the field, and that was the one where I thought Heath was interfered with, but they 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 didn't. You know, it just there's no point tracking that. The fifty-fifty ball is whether or not they're going to throw a pi flag or not. Yeah, (laughs) like it's there's some bad calls. Yeah, for sure. Uh, number seven, Will Rogers. What am I missing? I'm still not seeing it. I'm still not seeing it. I I, I am now 100 percent convinced that unless they get a transfer, that Sawyer Robertson will be the starting quarterback next year. I just I just don't see it. You know, the arm isn't particularly strong. The decision making isn't particularly good. I know that he's a true freshman. I get that, but I'm just not seeing. Anything that makes me think this kid is a potential... With Dak Prescott, you could see pretty quickly that he was a potential star. You know? But not his true freshman year. Well, he didn't play as a true freshman. He redshirted. But I'm just saying, nothing... If you're going to put him out there, I should be able to see at least a sign or two that makes me think, yeah, you got something here. Well, I mean, even I'm not seeing it. Well, I mean, going back to Dak, 2012, man, I don't know that at any point in 2012 I thought, there's the future. I saw a guy who could run the football... And I was like, well, with Mullen, that's very important. And we'll see what kind of passer he is. I saw some things as, as a retro freshman. I was like, he'll be okay. I didn't know that he was going to be a complete superstar. But I saw a guy who was like, that guy will be a good starting quarterback. I'm right in the middle. I, like, I see what you're saying. Mm-hmm. But I also, I don't know what you can take away from what you see out of Well, we're going to get to what you're, I think and, what you're and, getting to in a second. And like, I, I just don't think that you can project his future in any way based on what you've seen right now. And Mike Leach, granted, he's not going to stand there at the press conference and and say, oh, Will, I'm not seeing much out. I mean, but he is, Mike Leach is, if anything, he's honest. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, he, he is saying, he is seeing some some really good things out of, well, out man, of Will. But I, Well, that's, you know, and good for that because Mike Leach is the coach and I'm not. But there should be something that's evident to the common man who can watch a few minutes of film and go, yeah, yeah, I see some, some something there. I don't I don't see it. But, number eight, is it him or is it just this offense? Is it not giving him the opportunity? When everything is a check down, 
when everything is thrown within five yards of the line of scrimmage, maybe I just there's just not an opportunity for me to see anything from him. And I'll be honest with you, if I was a true freshman and I was out there in this offense right now, mm-hmm. and I know my offensive line and look, they're, they're not the playing ball. worth a darn right now. Yeah. My first instinct is, is that guy open? Nope. Check down. Yeah. Every play. And I would probably be leaning check down every play. And so you wonder if some of this isn't just having zero confidence that anybody's going to get open and zero confidence that your offensive line is going to block for you. So your first instinct is always the the short Right routes every time, and right. I don't know if that's what he's thinking or not. That's just elementary. He's, he's me not definitely a not being thinking. put in a position to succeed. He has no running game, so they're completely one dimensional. Well, he's never going to have that much. Well, I get that, but that is that puts a lot of pressure on him. And then you know he he doesn't have the offensive line to protect him. That's a huge problem. He doesn't have any really game breaking receivers. That's a problem. So. If you're gonna, if you want to disagree with my take on Will Rogers, your biggest argument against me is he has nothing around him right now. You know, in, in any way, he has. There's not one play. Does MSU have a single offensive player that would start at any you know winning SEC program? Mm, I mean, maybe Dorian somebody, Parker. Yeah, I mean Charles Cross probably starts somewhere, right? I mean, I guess. Not at Alabama, Georgia, Florida, Texas, Texas A and M. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's. That, I mean, the fact that we're having to think this hard is yeah. the, is the, is the problem. There's just no. There, there, and we talked about it last week. You know, on that show where we talked about the the way the roster is currently constructed. That said, even after say this may be a thing that's true. So if it is, stop me. We talked yesterday about if a certain former coach was still here. Yeah. Is this is is there anything about this coming up? No. Okay. Well, I, I do feel like, despite every sort of, <laughs> despite the fact that, like you said, I don't know if any of the guys on offense would start anywhere else. I kind of feel like the same personnel group, and and again, this is, I think you said this on Twitter. This is not saying that Joe Moorhead's dismissal shouldn't have happened, right? But I do kind of feel like yesterday. Or you know Saturday, if Joe Moorhead was the coach and you had Garrett Schrader being the battering ram, Kylan Hill's probably still out there. I kind of feel like Mississippi State wins that game by four or five touchdowns yesterday. You know, even with this basically same personnel, it'd be a little different because you'd have Garrett QB and, like I said, Kylan right. maybe still out there. Well, we'll but, talk about that a little bit. In just but anyway, I, so you just kind of have to hope this personnel can't run this offense again, and maybe they get better at it. And maybe they don't, but the the thing that you can continue to, to hang your hat on is Mike Leach has always figured it out. And you just have to hope that despite this is the biggest struggle he's ever had, um, he's going to figure it out again. Let's see. We'll find out. <laughs> that we will. Uh, I added a thing that is true. Uh, so we have 13 now. Uh, where am I? Uh, number nine? 9, 10, 11, 12. Yeah. You got to start numbering these, man. I know. I'm just doing them sort of as they come to me. This time I at least put them in order, though, because otherwise putting uniforms in the middle would have been weird. Uh, it, the, the game sort of came down to this. Vanderbilt made adjustments, and Mississippi State did not. State, State looked great on the first two drives. Mm-hmm. Moved the ball pretty easily. Did some things in the run game. Although those, those little toss plays are getting rung up as passes. I don't know if anybody's aware yeah, of Yeah, I noticed it yesterday. But, uh, yeah, they are getting called passes. But whatever. They're working. They're getting three, four yards. 
Um, and right now, a play that gets three or four yards is a good play for Mississippi State. Um, they were they were they were efficient. It was fourteen nothing. Vanderbilt sides they, they they figured some things out. Mississippi State just kept doing what it was doing, and that's how you end up with two hundred and four yards of offense despite having like a hundred in the first ten minutes of the game. It's just that simple. I mean, I don't know. Did it feel like State kind of got away from that little pitch play? Too? They got completely I mean, like, away from it. I don't, they stopped. They didn't run it again after I think like the the second the first quarter. So I didn't get that. And then after the game, of course, you had Leach saying that Vanderbilt really didn't make any adjustments. And I don't agree with that. I, I kind of didn't either. They and, made some offensively and defensively. And and he was saying that it was his guys over there, you know, sitting on the sidelines, wide eyed, and he was sick and tired of that and that kind of thing. But. I don't know. I, I kind of felt like getting away from that pitch play and things. I mean, I kind of felt like there was a little bit of blame to go there too um, on Leach, but but I mean, he did later too say. I mean, said he and, and the coaching staff has to coach better. It's not like he, you know, passed all the blame on to, right, to them. But right, right. I don't know. I felt like there was blame a plenty to go around. Kind of felt like that's the last four or five weeks now. Yeah, I agree. I mean that's just that that is the story of this season is one teams teams are making adjustments against Mississippi State Mississippi State is not making adjustments to counter and they're just going to continue to throw what they do do what they do 100% of the time and it's just it's either going to work or it's not and it's not working it's not working well I mean that's the Mike Leach system in a nutshell though isn't it is you it just is. keep doing the same darn thing yeah well I mean Okay. Because, I mean, I, I even... Better just accept that you're not winning another game this the, year. The preseason, talking to, you know, Leach and coaches, I mean, I, I can't tell you the number of times I've had some of the assistants, and Leach, too, I think himself has said it, that in practice, they don't focus on opponents. They just focus on continually doing what they do. Right, and that, that has been a Mike Leach thing. That's all about the reps, the reps, the reps. Get get Worry about yourself. I, and I get that to an extent. But when the, the the opponents are doing the same things to you over and over again, and you, you can't do anything, I guess then you, you better you might, figure you something need out. To figure something out, yeah. Uh, number ten, there is no way on earth you can convince me Garrett Schrader would be worse than this. There's there's no way. First off, teams would not run this drop eight mess against Garrett Schrader because they know he'd punish them. So they'd run something else. And then Schrader, I mean, the kid completed 58% of his passes as a true freshman in an offense that wasn't designed to get him easy throws. Yeah. Why am I not believing that he would have improved? I just think that he, from a personality standpoint, didn't fit with Leach. And Leach sort of hinted at that when we interviewed him on Sports Talk Mississippi. He talked about he wants his quarterbacks to be like total nerds for football and just they want to watch film all the time. And from what I gathered of Schrader, that's just not him. I'll be honest with you. A lot. You remember during the off season, like during during fall camp, there's a lot of Will Rogers hype. Like, oh, he just looks. I, I think that may have been a little bit manufactured at this point. I, without having seen practices and scrimmages, I have zero insight as to whether it was manufactured or true. I mean, we just don't know. Um. I mean, Mike Leach doesn't really seem like to me a, much of a manufacturer. I'm not saying that he's the one manufacturing it. I'm just saying it's been manufactured by certain people because I don't know if they had doubts about Costello, which it would have been odd, but whatever. But, but what were you seeing in practice? Yeah. Speaking of that, let me, let's just get right into it. I added another one. 
Number 11 now. We're good in practice again. Hey, we're great in practice. If you can just see practice, you see how great things are. That's all you got to It looks great in practice. I don't get to see practice. Joel doesn't get to see practice. None of us get to see practice. We get to see the games. Well, the, the, the biggest uh, thing here is there's no scoreboard at practice. From now on, like, that's a trigger phrase for me. If I hear, well, we're so good in practice. At that point, I just, so you, what you're telling me is your, your team's going to suck. I mean, at this point, that's what I'm... I've had two coaches in a row talk about how good they look in practice, and then I watch the games, and they can't do anything. So who cares how good you do in practice? <laughs> I mean, like me coming up, man, you know, sitting here, like, practicing the podcast. Man, this podcast is going to be great. And then I come up here, and I'm just like, uh... Did you see the game? It was terrible. All right, thanks for listening. Well, I mean, some might think our podcast Some might stinks. think that. I don't care about those people. <laughs> I don't want to hear about how good you are in practice anymore. I'm done with having the we're good in practice conversation. Be good in the games. I could really give a rat's behind how good you are in practice. Because it doesn't do anything for me. You know, I, I've often heard you you play how you practice. Well, I guess these guys don't. I, you know, uh, Mississippi State is the only place in America, evidently, where that doesn't hold true. Yeah. Uh, while this past game, I guess it doesn't really apply because Vandy's defense, as we illustrated earlier, is not that good. Shouldn't you look good in practice against your scout team defense? You would think. So I, I don't know how much you could take from that anyway. But I only rewind here a second, too, because you hopped into that one before I – you were talking about Garrett in the the QB thing. It, of course, Garrett would be wanting to run the football some. Mm-hmm. To, I just wonder if that part of it is part of the reason why he was... Because Mike Leach, I'm now convinced that he drills into his QB's head, do not run. Yeah. Because yesterday, I don't know if you'll remember this play, and I can't remember at what point in the game it was, but there was a third and long. Mm-hmm. And Will scrambled to his right, mm-hmm. and I don't think he could have ran for the first down because mm-hmm. it was like third and very long. But he could have picked up significant yardage right? and eventually just threw the football away with probably 10, 15 yards of empty field in front of him. That, to me, illustrates that these guys have been trained, 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 do not run the football kind of deal. And Garrett Schrader, in that instance... Not only is he running, he's running and he's ducking the head trying to run through somebody to get the first down. Uh, so I, I, there's probably a, a schematic conflict there, too, um, given Garrett's skill set. But, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm with you on the whole Garrett thing. Like he, State's offense is not worse right now if Garrett Schrader's the QB. No, it's better. I'm 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 convinced of that. Well, it's better if they let Garrett if he would have let Garrett be Garrett and run. That's I mean, what I was I, trying I, to I say. I'm going to tell you right now. If you're Mike Leach and he's running and getting yardage and you pull him from the game, people would lose their freaking minds. That's the kind of thing that gets coach fired in year one. Not playing players that do things to replace them with players who aren't doing things. That's not acceptable. So I agree, but if the other player doesn't do things your way, I mean, I, I'm not. I, I'm with you, but I'm saying. Yeah. Like you're, Mike you're Leach is Mike, very, Mike very Leach, much a do it my way kind of. He coach. is, but he also is a guy who talks about you know balance doesn't mean doing half and half or what. It's about getting yards, and if you're getting yards, I don't care who the other who, what, how you're getting them. I don't care how yards are accumulated. I don't care how you score. I just care that it happens. 
They're doing a great practice, though. They look great. <laughs> Fantastic. Like the 78 Steelers out there. Um, number 12? I've, I've added so many at this point. Why did this have to happen? Why, why a rebuild? A lot of talk last week about a plan and, you know, long-term thinking and the only way to to, to take down the, the bigger programs was to become a more passing-friendly offense. Why? Why, why? why would you tear everything down when, when you rebuild, you're just going to be right back where you were? I don't know how many times i got to drill this into, in, but there is no next level. Can Mississippi State compete for an SEC championship? Absolutely they can. And, and by competing for the SEC title, you're competing for the national title. They can do it. Can they do it year in and year out? No. So there is no next level. You build towards having a season where you, if the thing, if the breaks go your way, you could compete for a championship. You did that in 2014. You had the opportunity to do it in 2018. You messed up the coaching hire there. But the idea that Mississippi State is going to, year in and year out, compete for SEC championships is ludicrous. And how do I know that? Because LSU can't do it. Because Auburn can't do it. Because Texas A&M can't do it. Schools with more money, more resources, more alumni, easier access to recruiting, more tradition, everything. They can't do it. LSU is terrible this year. Auburn has lost four games Every season since 2014, Texas A&M is finally starting to put things together, and even and we're still sitting there waiting on them to collapse. We we just feel like it's going to happen. Those schools can't do it. Michigan can't year in year out compete for a Big Ten title. They can't win their division. Yeah, Florida State has fallen apart. There is no scenario where year in and year out Mississippi State is competing for the SEC championship. So you rebuilt, you tore everything down to rebuild the same house. If you're lucky. <laughs> if you're lucky, you can get back to where you were three years ago. That is not a sound plan. So maybe the job interview that year where Mullen leaves, somebody should have just come in and been like, that house Mullen built, I'm just here to maintain it. We're going to live in this house. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we might we might try to upgrade here and there, the, but there's no we're not going to tear it down to try and build a bigger house and only run out of money and be able to end up with the exact yeah, I, same house. I love I love Joe Moorhead, but the good to great plan, yeah, that, buddy, that was great for Mississippi State. What Dan Mullen was doing in a five year, if again, what were the last five years of Mullen? So fourteen, fifteen, I'm oh, sorry, thirteen, fourteen, fifteen, sixteen, seventeen, seven, ten, nine, six. Nine. So nine plus nine is 18, 28, 34, 41 wins in five years. That is Mississippi State football glory days. Steve Robertson used to say it all the time. We are living the glory days of Mississippi State football. They were. That's gone now. And it was re- it's being rebuilt in the name of what? And, and it wasn't offense. That was keeping Mississippi State from winning those games. Those two games against Alabama in 14 and 17, he didn't lose those games because you couldn't throw the football. You just didn't have enough players. 
He didn't have enough players to stop Alabama at that crucial moment. When State kicks off down 25-20 and they need a stop, they just didn't have enough guys on defense to make the stop. When State gets the football back down seven against Alabama, they didn't have enough guys to go down and get the touchdown. That's the difference. It's players. It's not the scheme. I I just fear that Mississippi State built, tore down the house that was living in to rebuild the same house. Well, some of the teardown of the house that you're mentioning, I mean, it's it was unavoidable because the guy that built the house and was continuing to hold it up decided he wanted to you go build a bigger house there somewhere were, else. There were other guys you could have hired that had the same philosophies and would have come in and, and continued to do what he was doing. Well, Moorhead was kind of sold as that a little bit, wasn't he? He was as sold as that a little bit, but then you start talking to him and you, you realize what his offense was compared to Mullins and how Fitzgerald was not a great fit for it. I, I will never forget going to media days and asking him about, you know, what what, what do you want him at completion percentage-wise? And he said 65, and I was just like, are you kidding me? <laughs> I need to put a sensor in there with that one. <laughs> I, I almost said it, didn't I? I was like, 65%? Like, this guy is averaging 55. You want him up 10 percentage points? Like, come on. That's not, that's not going to work. And then you watch his offense and the way it, it performed in the SEC. They had really one, they had two good games offensively. Three. Three good games offensively that year. One was against Auburn where they totally changed, they, they ran an offense they did never ran again. They, they were 100%. Had that pre-snap motion pre-snap, stuff going. That stuff yeah. that you never saw again. And then they had good games that year against Arkansas and Ole Miss, the two worst teams in the conference defensively. So, I just... You know, it goes back to the Moorhead hire. You should have hired a coach at that time that, that ran an offense similar enough to what Mullen ran who would have come in and given you a little more fire in recruiting and you could, have, you could still be doing what you were doing three years ago. Instead, you are where you are. Which uh, is down... You're down big. In the, I mean, you're, you're nearly in the cellar. Yeah. You just played you, you, you are at, of the worst teams in the country, and you can make a case should have lost to one of the worst you're, teams you're in the country. You're at best the third worst team in the conference. That's at best. You could be worse. South Carolina might be worse than you. I don't know that for sure, though. I think they might be better. I mean, because they, they beat Auburn. So mm-hmm. we'll see what State does against Auburn. Uh, number four, 13 is sort of a question, but did MSU hire the only coach in the country that could not have won with what was on the roster? Hmm. Name another coach that would have come in here and flipped everything around so much that what he had on the roster couldn't have worked. Yeah, man. I mean, even I mean, you think almost any coach who ran a a zone read power that they're going to work because they got Schrader, they got Kylan Hill. Yeah, I mean, you could even run like a triple option or something. Right, Schrader, absolutely. You could. Yeah, <laughs> Schrader. You, you want to run Schrader with with Hill and Jaquavius Marks and Lee Withers, but you're fine. You're fine. This is the only offensive choice State could have made that put it in this situation. That said... Now, there are bad coaches out there. And they would have been bad. But the, the offense wouldn't be as bad as th- it that's is. That's true. But, I mean, you can understand if you're making this hire, you're hiring a coach that has had consistent offensive success. I get that. So, I mean, you but can see you that to, side of it, too. But you have to look at your roster a little bit and go, are we really going to go two, three years? Trying to make it work when we could just hire the and and this is another going thing going back to the plan. 
Joe Judge was going to be the head coach of Mississippi State. That was going to happen. Yes. It was yes. done. If the Giants had not offered him, he would be here He today. would be here right now. Well, he wasn't going to run this offense at all. The, big, the hot rumor was he was going to hire Will Hall, who runs a run-first spread offense. So, so where is this coming from? The idea that you know they had to bring the offense into more pass. Where is it coming from? All right, let me ask you this, and we're about to go wait. We're, we're about to go to the wayback machine, back to December, January. Okay. Now, with time to think about it, how much of the splashy leech hire was because Ole Miss hired Lane Kiffin? You know, I have long said that there was nothing to that, but maybe there was. Maybe there was a little bit to it. Hiring Joe Judge does not get you that same kind of, of, of. Well, I said though again. Let, but let's they were going to hire Joe. Judge. They were going to hire Joe Judge, so they weren't really concerned about splash. Yeah. So I guess I, that, that's but not I mean, the case. But in reality, because I, I I buy into like the theory of Napier that they were going to get him after the Egg Bowl, and then when Joe sort of made that impossible. They they backed off and he just didn't he wasn't interested the second time. Yeah. So no. that means that Leach's choice is option C. I, I guess I would say I'm I'm trying to put myself in John Cohen's shoes here a little bit. I guess maybe the 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 disciplinarian part of Leach weighed That's, in more because of what but state there was are coming other coaches from. Coaches that, that that offer you that. That run an offense that doesn't take this kind of, of overhaul. You know, is there any doubt that Napier's probably what a state now two and four? He's four and two, right? Napier, yeah, right now, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know about LSU. LSU is so difficult because they're. I don't think LSU's very good, so maybe State's five and one. That's not LSU's any good. I don't know. Think I think State could have done whatever it wanted against them and, and still been successful. So I mean, Judge, I don't know, but with Will Hall, I feel like the offense. The offense would not be this bad under any other offensive system. Even the West Coast offense would be able to at least run the football successfully. That said, uh, I mean, you don't have to go back far till you and I and everybody were singing the praises of how this offense was going to work. So it, it, it is big time, big time. I mean, we've had evidence to do it, but yeah. this is big time Monday morning quarterbacking. We are. Here. We definitely are, but the LSU game is an outlier. There's no other way you can look at that, all right? The offense is what it's been the past five games. Yes. That's what this offense is. That's what it's going to be the rest of this season. So, I mean, it just feels like almost any other coach you hire would have brought in an offensive system that Schrader, Hill, and company could have run, and, you know, they would have at least been making normal numbers, 350 yards a game, 21 points a game. Not good numbers. Those are bad numbers. Those will put you towards the bottom of the conference. But you're not just looking at yourself going, what are we doing? Constantly. Last one. This team isn't this bad. This roster is not this bad. They are not this bad. It's all in what State's trying to do. Alright, this, this team has enough talent to have beaten Vanderbilt, to have beaten Kentucky, and I know that sounds weird, but it's true. Yeah. To have beaten Arkansas, and honestly, to have beaten Texas A&M. I mean, they lost by 14. They lost by 14 because they can't move the football. They have enough players. They had enough players at the start of this season. 
and they had enough. They have enough players now to be better than what they're doing. Yeah. I mean, I do think A and M's better. So. I, I think A and M's a better team. <laughs> but, but go back and watch it. But game. the others, I mean, you're, you're right for sure. You just didn't. You just don't. You just didn't do anything. This team should be better than it is. It's it's. They are they are way underachieving, and I don't know how much to put on them versus the coaches, but it's it's obvious how much they're over underachieving. Period. Yep. All right. I felt like those things were important, but this next things they're very important. Let's talk about something important. Put that coffee down. Coffee's for closers only. All right, Coffee is for Closers is brought to you by our good friends over at Strange Brew Coffee House and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. Hope you came up to see them this weekend if you were in town. Don't forget, talk, we've been talking about shopping online for the holidays. Guys, Strange Brew Coffee House, you know you've got a coffee lover in your house. You need to hook them up with something. When you're away from Starkville, everybody, I see it all the time on social media. People are like, man, I can't wait to get, when I get back to Starkville, Strange Brew is the first place I'm, I'm going to go. Well, if one of those people is in your life, Man, hook them up with some coffee. They will so they can have a little taste of Starkville every morning when they wake up. Uh, they've got two locations here to serve you. So they've got if you're in Starkville, you've got uh, Highway 12 and University Drive, and of course Brupolo there in Tupelo. You know them, you love them. Strange Brew Coffee House. Mike Leach gets no coffee. I mean, it's just and and the comments he made after the game, buddy, Mike, I like you. I'm a fan. I'm still on board that we're gonna. This is gonna turn around. It's not, not this year, but Mike Leach, you know, the template is there. You're going to struggle a little bit, and it's going to turn itself around. Now, I don't think it's going to be any time of, you know, State consistently winning 10 games, but State's going to get back to where they were. I believe in all that. You make $5 million a year. Fans are going to complain. I don't want to hear that crap. I don't want to hear, well, if they don't like it. I will say this. The breakfast quote is is absolute genius. Oh, yes. it's, it's That's it. If you missed it. A top five quote of all time. When it comes to breakfast, the chicken is involved, but the pig is committed. That I love. But, I mean, I, I don't want to hear about, you know, money, money. I don't want to hear about it. You know, you. hey, in this pandemic year where people are risking their health to come out and watch you play football, just suck it up. Hey, we love our fans. I understand their frustration. I'm frustrated, too. We're doing everything we can. We're going to get this turned around. That's all I want to hear out of you for $5 million a year. You don't want to hear that you should go find another team and I don't coach want to, your own team? I don't want to hear that. <laughs> yeah. There are plenty of places on the internet where I can hear that kind of stuff. Rhymes with fiends mage. I don't want to hear that kind of stuff. I mean... $5 million a year. Just least, suck it up, buddy. At least he didn't, I guess, tell him to pound he sand, didn't pound and, sand kick and kick rocks. But still. Uh, but he basically did. He just said it a different so way. It was a little nicer about it, believe it or not. Uh, in the SEC... If you are a person who was like, man, I can't believe we hired Joe Moorhead when we could have had Jeremy Pruitt, you can stop worrying now. Because that team's not any good. That team went into the locker room up on Georgia three weeks ago, and they have been, I, I feel like they were they were like body snatched. Like aliens came in, took the good players, replaced them with duplicates who don't know how to play football, and now you see what you got with Tennessee. They got humiliated by Arkansas. Their coaching is Terrible. Setting the stage for Hugh Freeze's glorious return to the SEC. I need Hugh Freeze, if he's in the SEC, to be in the East. So I we want, can face Mullen? So, so that Mullen can be like, you got to be kidding me. i got to see this guy again? Mullen will road grade him at Tennessee for the first year or two. You know, you say that, 
What did Mullen do to freeze his first year at State? That's true. That's true. Miss? That's true. He found a way to beat him. Don't 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 ever take that for granted. So yeah, Tennessee. I thought about putting Georgia in here, but I don't feel long term. That, that was a good win for Florida. They've won the East in all likelihood. They'll have a chance to play for for the SEC title. They'll have a chance to get the playoff if they win that. By the way, who is happier about that win than Texas A and M? Because if Florida wins the SEC now, A and M's going to the playoff with one loss. But I, I don't feel like that's a long term. There's just recruiting so well now. Smart does need to get off his 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 butt and uh, realize that it's 2020 and what he's doing offensively doesn't work. you gotta, you got to mix that up a little bit. But long-term, I don't think it's going to be a problem because they recruit so well. But for Tennessee and Pruitt, I mean, it's just not working. And then nationally, no coffee for the two big powers of the Big Ten, Penn State and Michigan. Michigan is not good. Uh, they lose to Indiana for the first time since 1987. Oh, and they're, they, well, you know, it's tough in the Big Ten. You know, everybody playing, same as the SEC. Yeah, well, when, you know, Michigan State beats you and then they lose, I think, 49-7 to or something like that to Iowa. Not a good look. And then Penn State just getting handled by Maryland of all teams. Shout out to the Maryland social, uh, media. social media. There has been some fantastic shade thrown this year. Arkansas has been throwing it. Maryland's throwing it. I... Love it. I can't get enough. Inject it straight in. I mean, it's sports. It should be fun. It should be fun. They crushed Penn State on social media. If you haven't checked it out, check out Maryland's football Twitter account. Just glorious, glorious stuff. But Penn State and Michigan, guess what? Not in any coffee headed your way. I promise you that. So, all right. Tomorrow's show, we might delve a little deeper into this, you know, why. The why of why this is happening. We talked a little bit about the how last week. Maybe we talk about the why tomorrow. Plus, our picks. Tie game. It is a tie ball game. Everything fell in my favor last week. Really good stuff. So we'll talk about that. Uh, and this week, you know, we need also on tomorrow's show, Mississippi State released its basketball schedule on Friday. We haven't had a chance to talk about that, but we will uh, get into that and see what, see what we can figure out for the, uh, the, for the Bulldogs on the court. Guys, have a great Sunday and Monday morning. We'll talk to you again on Tuesday. For Joel T. Coleman, I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.